Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. And I want to just draw your attention today to something very peculiar in the Scripture. How many know you can read the same Scripture and get a new revelation every time? And so this is a familiar story, so I want you to don't say, oh, this is just a story of Peter walking on water. Ask God, God, show me something deeper. We don't want to just understand God on a surface level. We tell somebody, I want to understand him deeper. We're going to start at the 25th verse. It says this. This is in the NIV. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake or the water, When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they cried out in fear. Somebody say, but Jesus. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter said. Somebody say, Lord, if it's you. Tell me to come to you on the water. Look at Jesus' response. He said, come. Somebody do this, say come. This is where I want to focus on right here, beginning of 29. Then Peter got down. Somebody say, got down. I ain't talking about getting down. Peter got down out of the boat. Somebody say, get down. He got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out to the Lord, save me. I'm going to come back to the beginning of 29 and it says, then Peter got down. Somebody say, get down. So many times people got, we, we assume in our mind, when we're looking at this story, that all the disciples were in, were in a little canoe. I mean, is that just me? I, mean, I always thought about the lady. I've seen, I've seen even movie depictions on it that they were in this small little boat, you know. But the NIV says that Peter got down. Somebody said, get down. Yeah. Meaning that this was not a small little vessel. He had to use some effort, some energy, and some intentionality to get over the edge of the boat to get down into the water. I know you're like, Pastor Tony, yeah, what, what, why does that matter? Just stay with me. Tell somebody he got down. The only way he could get down is if he got over. Somebody say, get over. The title of my message today is, As Soon As I Get Over It. Tell your neighbor, as soon as you get over it, you can walk on water. 
Yes, sir. Tell somebody, as soon as you get over it, you can walk on water. See, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you proof. There's another time where Jesus is, is in a boat. That he said, let us go to the other side. And they're, and they're on a ship. And the storm, y'all remember the storm started raging and everybody got nervous? And they said, and Jesus was in the bottom of the boat. Sleep. So that lets you know they weren't, they weren't, they weren't in a little thing at the late little paddle boat. They were in a, a large vessel. Somebody say a large vessel. So in order for Peter, so people think like Jesus said come and he just like just slipped his foot out there. No, he had to climb up. And, yeah, and I, I don't want you to understand that boats, when the, boats are not designed for you to get off in the middle of the water. Usually you got to tie the boat to the pier and you got to put the ladder out and you got to put the little bridge out. So he did a dangerous, daring thing just to, he exercised his faith even before he started walking on water. He had, to, he had to exercise the strength and the fortitude and the temerity to jump, to get over what was confining him. To get over what was keeping him safe. To get over what was keeping him warm. To get over what he was used to. I told you that Peter was a fisherman. He had been around water and ships all his life. He was comfortable. He was aware. But he had to get over it. Tell somebody, you can get over it. You may be seated. We're talking today about getting over. That we cannot begin to walk on water until we get over some things. The truth of the matter is we probably tried to walk on water before. And we tripped. Somebody say trip. Anybody ever tried to start doing something and you got tripped up? <laughs> Tell somebody I've been tripped before. Whether it was ego tripping, tripping off of what people say, whatever it is, tell somebody, I've been tripped up before. And then we start to question it, God, did you tell me to do this? Why is all this happening to me? It's because you keep getting tripped on your way to walking on the water. But today, we're going to address those things that have been tripping us along the way. And tell somebody, today we're going to get over it. We're going to get over it. You don't know, but the devil, has been, the devil has been putting subtle things in your path. You come to church, you hear a good sermon, you're in small group, which I encourage everybody to come to Tuesday. And your faith is stirred up and say, this is the year I'm going to do this. I'm making my plans. I, I, I'm making connections with people. I'm praying to God. And as soon as we hit a roadblock, instead of us stepping over it, we say, oh, here it goes again. I can't win for losing. Every time I try, I get tripped over it today the first thing is the opinions of other people y'all see that I ain't gonna try to jump over nothing y'all ain't putting me on YouTube tripping over something <laughs> tell somebody the opinions the opinions of other people if you're gonna be a water walker you have to understand that you are doing something that is unconventional. You're doing something that nobody else is, is, is comfortable enough or brave enough to do. Here's what I mean. He, uh, Peter had to get over the opinions of other people. You have to realize that those disciples, they had spent three years every day together. Every day. 
They got in fights. They told people about their family. They joke. They joke. They laugh. You know, they, they did all those things. Tell somebody they were close. And we know by knowing some of the characteristics of some of the people in the boat with, with Peter that they would have had something to say. The Bible doesn't say that, but you do realize if you do something that nobody else is going to do, there's going to be some commentary on what you're about to do. Especially by people who think they know you. You have to understand that was doubting Thomas on the, on the boat. Man, you better not go out there, Peter. You crazy boy, a storm is raging. I don't care if that is Jesus. That's Jesus. Jesus got that power. You don't. Anybody got some doubt in Thomases in your life? That every time you say, I'm going to start doing this, they're trying to give you, they, and they don't mean any harm. They're not hating. They ain't putting no salt in your game. They are just projecting their fear on you. Be careful who you share your dreams with. Because people will think just because I can't do it, just because I'm scared to get out the boat, just because I don't have the skills, just because the last time I did it, I fell on my face, you're going to fall on your face. You know why? Because misery loves company. And you succeeding, you walking on water is going to be a rebuke to them because they sat under the same word. They, 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 they went to the same seminars. Y'all talked about each other's dreams, but you are the one that had the mitigated goal, the temerity to, get, to step out on water. And the fact that you did it is a rebuke to them. I got one deeper for you. What do you do when the people that help you row out there on the water don't agree with your decision? So you got to do a heart check. So many times we have people around us that are going to be bobbleheads and just say, yeah, man, you ought to do that. You ought to do that all the time. But what about when somebody disagrees with you? I ain't talking about not, not seeking godly counsel, but I'm just talking to somebody that is just trying to project their fears and their inability on you. What will you do then? What will you do when you don't have a peanut gallery cheering you on? I'm just asking questions today. But we have to get over the opinions either for or against. We have to know that God called me out here. Because see, it's not just the negative. Sometimes we're looking, at, we're looking to somebody else for affirmation that God didn't give the word to them. God gave the word to you. Yeah. So people come and ask me, Pastor Tony, what do you think? What, what, what did God say? Because you're not going to blame me when something don't work. Pastor Tony told me this. No, 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 no. What did God say? No, well, I don't know what, th that we have uncovered a place of prayer for you. Because you ain't going to blame, oh boy. You see what I'm saying? And see what people will do, they, they will come to you and want you to co-sign on something that they want to do. When the fact of the matter is that if God told you to do that, he'll confirm it in your heart. I always tell people, follow after peace. Where is peace at? Because the devil applies pressure, but God gives peace. That was worth the whole trip. But tell somebody you have to get over the opinions of other people. And here's the thing about it, people, God. And you may have to, you may have to learn this. So I want you to write this down. I want you to get this in your spirit. Uh-oh. See, see what I told y'all? I ain't doing no jumping today. <laughs> your doubts about me is your problem. 
no obligation to disprove your doubts about me. That's a hang up that you have about what you think I can do and what I can't do. But if God told me to come, that means I can do it. The next thing is, my quest for greatness does not require a cosigner. I'm going to say that again. Your quest to be great does not need a co-signature. God called you. Now, am I telling you to be a renegade and don't listen and know? Ask God, God, show me godly counsel of people that mean me well. But just because somebody has an opinion about it, all, opinion, all opinions are not equal. Amen. Amen? Amen? Somebody who has accomplished something, something that I have trust in, that's a person whose opinion, you know, that's godly counsel. But every time they can have his opinion, amen? I got an example, David. Somebody say David. David, when he went, everybody knows the story that he ultimately killed Goliath. But when he went down to feed his brothers and he was inquiring about, about, about Goliath, his brother said, what are, you, what are you doing down here? Don't you got some old dirty sheep to attend to? And he could have let that discourage him from his destiny moment. Don't let other people's jealousy or people's timidity, being scared, get you off of your assignment. If David had listened to his brother and said, you know what, I am just a little sheep boy. I'm going back and tend the sheep. If he had listened to what other people's opinion of him was, he would have never slayed the giant. Tell somebody, get over it. The next thing is isolation. Somebody say isolation. We talked two weeks ago about us being an anomaly. Somebody say anomaly. Anomaly is something that is different. It is a person or a thing that deviates from the norm. It's the one that breaks ground. It is a trailblazing person. And if you're going to walk on water, already calculate in the equation that you're going to do it by yourself. And you have to be okay with being alone. There's a difference between, I didn't say lonely. There was a difference between being alone and lonely. You're going to be a, in a crowd of people, in a crowd of real friends and family and be lonely. But you have to be willing to be isolated. Anything that is rare is rare for a reason because it's not many like it. And you have to be willing if you're going to walk on water, if you're going to be great, if you're going to do something that nobody's ever done, you have to be willing to be in rooms, to be in circumstances, and to be in situations where you're the only one. And you have to be okay with that. Your destiny does not have a buddy plan to it. It doesn't have a buddy plan. I said this on Wednesday night when I was down in Raleigh. God spoke to Abraham. He told him, go to a land that I'm going to show you. 
I'm going to make you father of the nation, blah, 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 all that stuff. He said, oh, man, that's great. He was so excited about what God told him. He told his, lef- his nephew, Lot, come on with me because we're going to follow after God. And God prospered Abraham and God prospered Lot. But eventually, God prospered him so much that Lot's herdsmen and Lot's sheep started to fight with Abraham's uh, herdsmen and Abraham's sheep. Have you ever regretted bringing somebody along with you? You out there in the middle, you like, I'm out here in the middle of this. Why in the world did I bring them with me? Anybody ever been there? God told you to leave your familiar country and to go to a place that I'm going to show you. He didn't tell you and your cut buddy. He didn't tell you and the person y'all used to take baths together and y'all share, and you know, y'all, y'all share uh, lollipops together. God said, I told you. And you've got to be willing to walk this walk with you and Jesus. If you're going to be great. Somebody say isolation. Some of us don't like to be alone. The reason we don't like to be alone because we're scared. When we're alone, we got to think. When we're alone... We've got to face us. So as long as I keep things going, as long as, I, as long as we're going out to eat, as long as we're going to a party, what we're doing tonight, I don't like to sit still. I'm not going to let no grass. Sometimes you need to stand still and let God speak to you. God said, I'm trying to speak to you. I'm trying to show things to you. But you're so busy running out trying to do life, trying to live your best life. God said, I'm trying to give you the best life if you just stand still. And some things you're going to walk on your own. Jesus had 12 disciples. He said, they're going to come and kill me. They're going to come and get me. Peter talking about, Jesus, I'll never leave you. I'll let you. He said, one of y'all going to betray me. Not me, God. Not me, God. Not me, Jesus. Not me, Savior. At the end of the day, Jesus had to walk with that cross on his back alone. He hung on that cross alone. The disciples were so scared. Because they said, okay, now, now we're about to die. They were scared to even check on his body. It took some women to come out there and discover that Jesus had got up. Tell somebody, you're going to have to do it alone. God meets us corporately, but he calls us individually. I'm going to say that again. God meets us collectively, corporately, but he calls you individually we are all listening to this word right now we're listening to it corporately but it means a separate thing to everybody in this room and God is calling you individually you have to work out your own soul salvation and people talk about well you know that's about living right yeah but you have to walk out your own destiny you can't walk out my destiny you're going to end up frustrated People ask, Pastor Tony, how do you do what you do? And how you juggle, how you juggle? Because this is my calling. I've got grace for that. There is grace only where God has called you to. If you try to walk somebody else's walk out, you'll find yourself frustrated because that's not where your grace is. Tell somebody, walk in your grace. The next thing is, tell somebody, the next thing we're going to get over is our self-confidence. self-confidence we've got to get over our feelings of inadequacy that we're not worthy 
that we're not capable, that we don't have the pedigree, that we don't have the connections, that we don't have the anointing. I can't pray like sister such and such. I can't preach like brother such and such. Well, God didn't call you to do that. God called you to walk out what he called you to do. And I want you to know, unless you have confidence, Peter, might, Peter was wild, Peter was crazy, Peter was rambunctious, Peter talked too much, Peter had a hot temper, but Peter had confidence. He might have been wrong, but he was confident in it. If you're going to do wrong, do wrong right. Do it all the way. I can respect him, at least he did it all the way. I don't like no half-stepping people. If you're going to do it, do it all the way. But he had confidence. Somebody say confidence. Philippians 1 and 6 says this. Be confident in this very thing. That he which who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What am I saying? God began this work. You, didn't, you ain't smart enough to think of what God called you to do. Tell somebody God began this work. You have to be confident in it that God chose me for this mission and I don't care who likes it. I don't care who's against it. I don't care who's disturbed by it. You take it up with God because God began this work. And if God began the work, he's responsible for completing the work. All he needs you to do is use your faith and be obedient. If you use your faith and you be obedient, God will make sure that it comes to full resolution. But you have to be confident in it. If you don't believe I belong here, I believe I belong here. If you don't believe I'm called and anointed, that's all right. I believe I am. And God believes I am. Here's, here's the reason, y'all. Here's the thing. Here's the reason we have to do it. Our lack of confidence will cause us to try wrong. Oh, God, this is good. You need to write that down. Lack of confidence will cause you to try wrong. There is a difference between trying in faith and trying in desperation. There is a complete difference. If you don't have confidence in yourself, you're saying, God, I don't believe you called me to this. And if you don't believe that God called you to this, how are you going to believe that you can do this? Because in him we move, in him we breathe, and in him we have what? Our being. We can do nothing without him. But it is, it, it, is, it is imperative, people of God, that we understand that unless we have confidence, we will try wrong. You ever seen somebody trying to, trying to do a business or trying to do something, and you see desperation in their eye? Like, this got to work. This got to work or I'm going to look foolish. This got to work because if I don't, this is my last bit of money. That's not faith. That's desperation. And there is a difference between the two. Trying in faith says, God, I don't know how you're going to make it. I'm just going to take the next step. And I believe that when I take the next step, that you're going to give me something to step on. I don't know how the budget is going to be met, but I believe. I believe. Somebody say, I believe. I believe, God, that you're going to meet the need, that you didn't call me out to do something to fail. You're not interested in looking bad, so therefore, God, I've got to end well so you look good. Come on, y'all. God is not in the business of looking bad. He's not in the business of failing. Everything God does and everything God puts his hand to flourishes and it succeeds. 
But you got to have that confidence in yourself that I can do this. Tell somebody, I've got confidence. The next one is, I'm just about finished. It's distraction. Somebody say distraction. Anybody ever started walking for God? And you got distracted. Come on, let me see your hand. Look at the scripture right here. In the 29. It's 30. It says, but when he saw the wind. Somebody say he saw the wind. He was afraid. And he began to sink. He got distracted. He was walking on water, but he looked at what was going on around him. And that changed his focus. And after his focus changed, he began to sing. I'm going to say that again. He was in the middle of walking on water. He was in the middle of doing something that no other human born of a woman had ever done and the word of God said he began to sink when it says right here when he saw the wind you can't see the wind but he saw the effects of wind have there been times in your life where you saw the landscape started to change or rumors start talking about layoffs or the doctor said we gotta we gotta bring you in for some more tests or you hear something, your children get upset. Or you, 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 you hear something, you think that the door is about to open, and then it starts closing. Have you ever started seeing the effects of wind and storms starting to rage in your life? God is saying through this passage, if you just keep yourself focused on Jesus, focused on your next step, focus on what you're called to do and don't yield to distraction don't yield to distraction the devil is a master of deception and he's the master of distraction and what will he do he will distract you through family members he will distract you with people who stayed in the boat he will distract you with thoughts of hey, what they're going to say when I get there. We'll be distracted on how it's going to work out. Now when I get there, Jesus, are you going to hold me? Am I going to be able to stand just like you? Are you going to twirl me around? What's going to happen? Is my feet getting wet? Is, is the wind blowing at me? Is the wind going to blow me over? If you would just keep walking. If you would just keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Tell somebody focus. There is a difference between having vision and having focus. See, people say, if I could just get a vision, if I could just get a vision, write the vision and make it plain. Yeah, but you got a vision, you got a plan, you got goals, but you don't have focus. The devil knows all I got to do is send some trouble your way and you're going to take your eye off the ball. 
All I got to do is have somebody talk about you and you're going to be so, be so busy out there defending yourself that you're going to lose focus. But I'm telling you, people of God, if you can focus in, if you can lock on that God, this is what you called me to do and you have sanctioned me, you wouldn't have told me to come unless I can do it. And so my job is to stay locked in on what you called me to do. Somebody say focus. You don't have a vision problem. You have a focus problem. You need to focus. How many been to an optometrist before? Get your eyes checked. They'll show you all, they'll show the big E, then they show all the other stuff. They say, I want you to focus on line four. That means my concentration. Focus right here. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things of good report. I, the Bible says, I need you to think on these things. Am I saying your eyes so much? No, I'm talking about where your mind is focused on. The devil will get our minds pulled in all these directions, and we'll end up doing a bunch of little, a bunch of things halfway but never getting anything fully done our job is to complete the race not just start the race tell somebody I will finish this race the last thing I want to share with you is this blessing anybody today the last thing I want to share with you a big one. Tell somebody, you can get over it. You have to get over it before you walk on water. The last thing is unforgiveness. Oh, yeah, I felt that one. Somebody say forgive. You have to get over it. People have offended you. Everybody in this room has been offended. Everybody in this room has been betrayed. Everybody in this room has been lied to. Everybody in this room has been disappointed by somebody that you put your trust in. That you said, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to be there with you. This the man, you turn around, just look over your shoulder. Like Michael said, just look over your shoulder, honey. I'll be there. And you looked over and they were not there. And as a result, a seed of bitterness got in your heart. Come on, let's tell the truth. Well, I forgave him, but let it be a little while you don't see him, then you, then you see him. Check your heart. Huh? Let something come across your timeline on social media. What, do a heart check. Do you feel something? You smack your lips and turn your head, get some side eye. Tell somebody, we have to get over. It's not for them, it's for you. It's not for them, it's for you. I'm going to say that again. It's not for them. They may, they may have never apologized. They may still be doing it. They still may, but you have to forgive because it's about you walking on water it's about you 
doing what God called you to do. And holding on to unforgiveness is like me drinking poison and expecting you to fall down and die. It corrodes me. It, it does nothing to you. Tell somebody, you must forgive. Here's what we're, now, now, here's the thing. Unforgiveness and bitterness. I'm not going to lie. You can get some measure, some monicum of, 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 of success. Determination and proving people wrong will get you far. Why are you saying that, Pastor? Guess what? I've seen people succeed a measure of success. Just out of sheer, I'm going to show them that I didn't need them. I'm going to show them that you're not going to stop me. That one monkey don't, shot, don't stop no show. I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them. And you may succeed, but just like God told Joshua, he said that if you obey me, if you do my statutes, if you do, he said, I'm going to give you good success. Meaning there is a difference between having bad success and good success. Just because you're driving the $80,000 $80, car and you're staying in the 5,000 square foot house does not mean you're, you're living with good success. If I step out on water, what am I saying? I am saying that if I step out on the water with unforgiveness, you may walk for a little, for a little while, but your intentions are perverted. Your intentions are polluted. When you are trying to, when you are trying to do something for God, but you're doing it, you're using God as a as as a as a tool to show people I can make it without you. You have twisted motives. Anything that anything that is twisted is wicked. That's where to get wicker furniture from. It is wicked. It is twisted. I want you to do a heart check. God, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why do I, what is, what is your motivation? What is your fire? What is your fuel to do? Because I'm telling you, to get back at people and to get even with people is a strong motivator. But it will not give you peace. It will not give you joy. It will, it will look for you. Look, are they looking at me? Are they watching me? Are they seeing me? I know they ain't, they ain't liking my post, but I know they see it. You missed the whole point. And God said, if you don't get that bitterness out of your heart, if you don't, God said, your motivation has to be to please me and not to, and not to prove the naysayer wrong. God said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. If you would keep your mouth closed, if you would just walk the walk instead of talking the talk, stop looking around and see who sees you, know that I move, I live, and I make my decisions for an audience of one. I said, don't worry about the evil people that are prospering. He said, soon they're going to be cut down like the blades of grass. God said, they made an enemy out of me, not you. And some of us have been failing in our walking because we're doing it to show somebody something. Everybody's standing. Today, you can get over it. 
Tell somebody you can get over it. Everybody standing who can. I want you to join hands with somebody. Just one person. Join hands with them. Just join hands with them. John, get a partner. Get a partner. Get a partner. Say, neighbor. I don't know what God has called you to do. I'm telling you, that's none of my business. Say, but before you walk on that water, there's some things you have to get over. I'm letting it resonate because I want you to understand that yes, God has called you. Yes, God's hand is upon you. But just like these little hurdles, the devil, just living life, y'all, the devil will put obstacles in our way. And it's not our job to walk through them. It's our job, just like Peter did, to get over it. By show of hands, how many know something in your life you need to get over? Look at this room. Y'all look around. Keep your hands up. Look at this. Everybody's got something to get over. It may be a past hurt. It may be the way that you feel about yourself. It may be the way that other people feel about you. It may be, I, I've, I've, got, I've, I've got PTSD from past failures and all that stuff. But God said, you can get over it. My blood makes it possible. I want right now you begin to pray for that partner. Let's pray. Come on, begin to pray for them that they have the strength to get over it. Come on, come on, let them hear you pray. Come on, come on, come on. Yes, God. We thank you that you're allowing us to get over the hurt, to get over the abandonment. That we see ourselves like you see us, God. That we become comfortable with being by ourselves and walking this walk alone. Yes, God. We thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. We thank you. That you're removing scars. You're removing pain. You're removing disappointments. You're giving us the strength to get over it. You're giving us the ability to get over it. To get over it. Get over it. Come on, pray for that neighbor. Let them know. Let them know. Let them know you're praying that they have the strength to get over it. That you're not in this thing alone. You can get over it. Yes, yes. The hurt, the disappointment. The opinions of other people. How I think about myself places of unforgiveness and bitterness. God, you're allowing us to get over it. We thank you for it, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. That's it. Come on, let prayer rise in this room. The only one that can stop you is you. The only one that can stop you is you. You can get over it. You can get over it. I know it hurt, but you can get over it. I know it wounded you, but you can get over it. To say that you can't get over it says that the blood of Jesus is weak. And the blood of Jesus is very much strong. You can get over it. 
You may need some help, but you can get over it. You may need some prayer, but you can get over it. 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 In the name of Jesus. You can. You can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I hear the devil say, no, you can. You'll never, I'll never let you go. The devil let God's people go. Yes, you will. You will get over it. You will get over it. You will love again. You will trust again. You will step out again. You will trust God again. You will do again. You'll step out and do it again. I know it's going to scare you, but God said, do it afraid. Do it scared. Do it afraid. Do it afraid. Do it afraid. Do it afraid. God said, I got you. I got you. I got you. If you just get over it, if you just get out the boat, if you just have enough, if you have, if you exercise enough strength, if you exercise enough faith to step out, to get over it, it's one thing to step out, but it's another thing to climb over what is between you and the water. God said you can get out. You can get out. You can get out. You can get over it. 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 It's not stronger than God's blood. It's not stronger than the blood of Jesus. It's not stronger than God's power. You let say, God, empower me to get over this thing. Get over, get over, get over, get over, get over, get over, get over it, get over it, get over it. As soon as you get over it, get, as soon as you get over it, you're going to find grace. As soon as you get over it, you're going to find the requisite healing that you need. As soon as you get over it, as soon as you turn your feet in that direction, as soon as you start climbing over it, as soon as you identify, yeah, that hurt me, but I'm going to get over it. Yeah, I've got low self-esteem because of what happened to me in my childhood, but I'm going to get over it. It's no longer going to stop me. It's no longer going to confine me. It's no longer going to hold me in chains of bondage. I will get over it. Come on, come on, begin to let that hand go and begin to worship God and he's going to allow you to get over it. Come on, come on, say, God, I thank you for Lord making me get over it. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, somebody lift your hand and say, thank you, Lord, for empowering me to get over it. Come on, come on, come on, confess to the Lord. Lord, I've got some things that I need you to help me to get over. Come on, come on, to thine own self be true. Stop faking the fault, y'all. Stop faking the fault. Be real. Be real that God, this is causing me to trip. This is causing me to stumble. I can't walk the way you called me to walk because I have not been able to get over this thing. You can get over it. 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 Encourage somebody. You can get over it. It can't hold you. It can only slow you down, but it can't stop you. You can get over that pain. You can get over that hurt. You can get over that disappointment. Come on, hunch them, hunch them. Say, get over it. Tell them, get over it. Come on, get over it. Come on, tell them, you can make it. I know it hurts you. I know it. I know it disappoints you. I know it even scares you a time or two. But you can get over it. You're walking. You, you're walking on water. Depends on it. Your miracle depends. God said, "I love you so much that I am not going to allow you to walk on water until you get over it." God said, "I won't let the miracle that I have for your life to be contaminated. I won't let the, the miracle that I have for your life to be to be diluted with." Fear and frustration and jealousy. Tell somebody you will get over it. 
hallelujah come on show it up and somebody let's pray God we thank you today Lord, that your word has found us that your word has found us God that, that you have identified things these were just a small representation God but there are plenty of things in the lives of your people God that we need to get over Lord so I right now I pray the boldness of a lion that will look at what has been impeding us from being a water walker, God. And I thank you right now, God, that you are putting strength in our feet. You are putting an eagle-eyed focus in our spirits, God, that we will stay focused on you, that we will no longer be distracted, that we will no longer be held back by low self-esteem and low confidence, that we will no longer be held back and, and confined by the opinions of other people. Today is our emancipation day. Today is the day that we make a decision that I will let nothing separate me from the love of God, whether it's height or depth, whether it's enemies that surround me, I will let nothing separate me. God, you're calling us. God, you're calling us. Your, your, your voice saying, come, says that we're capable. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we are capable today. Lord, first of all, we are capable to get out of the boat. Lord, we will no longer be coddled and be comfortable in the confines and the safety and the dryness of the boat. Our destiny is out on the water. It may be choppy water, but nevertheless, you said come. Lord, you're saying come. You're saying come to your children today. And so, Lord, we're going to step out on the water. We're going to step out in the water, God. And in order to step out in the water, God, we have to get over it. We have to get over it. Lord, we know that there are plenty of things that have been holding us back, God. Many disappointments. But I, we ask you right now to, Lord, do surgery on our hearts right now, God. Yes, God, do surgery on our hearts even now, God. And let us know that we can get over it. As soon as you get over Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world. that I'm no longer going to let it hold me. It's real, but it can't hold me any longer. It can't hold you any longer. I may get some splinters climbing over it. I may get some wounds on my legs. But that's something I'm going to get over. Come on, come on, tell three people around you, I'm going to get over it.
don't know what your it is, but you're going to get over it. Through the help, the mercy, and the anointing of God, you will, you can, and you shall get over it. Somebody put your hand together if you receive this word today. Come on. Come on, tell somebody, as soon as I get over, God's going to open up the heavens for me. As soon as I get over it, I'm going to reach my Canaan place. As soon as I get over it, the devil won't be able to stop me. As soon as I get over, I will soar like an eagle. As soon as I get over, I will accomplish the impossible. I will walk on water. Somebody give God a praise in this house. Come on, all the water walkers, make some noise in this room. Hallelujah. Oh. Come on, hop by somebody tell them, I'm getting over this. I'm getting over this. I'm getting over it. It's plagued me for far too long. I'm getting over this. <laughs> 